Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This sermon was taken from the life of the church. For more messages like this, please see our website, www.venturechurch.co.za. We hope you enjoy this message. I don't know if you've done this yet. And for some of us, we get to Christmas and we think, oh, yes, I must. And then we get to New Year and you, we think, oh, maybe I haven't yet. But I'd like us to spend just a couple of seconds thinking about the year that we've just had, or to be more accurate, are still having. We're getting towards the close of the year, and some of us make it a habit to review what happened during the year, what was good, what was bad, what could I have done differently, what could I have done better, what should I definitely have avoided. (laughs) And some of us don't. Some of us kind of end up crashing into the next year and halfway through the year thinking, sure, it's the next year. (laughs) So I just want to spend a couple of moments just thinking through this year. There have been breakthroughs, but there have also been challenges. One of the things I love about our testimony time, as awkward as it can be from moment to moment, is we get to hear from one another. Maybe you're hearing from somebody who you don't actually know that well in the life of the church, but you're getting to hear something that God has done for them. And there's no big and small things with the Lord. We kind of tend to think they're big or small. When God intervenes in our lives, it's intensely precious and personal. And it's so good to share that and to have that shared with us. So there definitely have been victories and breakthroughs, but there definitely have been challenges. Has the Lord been with you through all of them, good and bad? Remember I said this is a moment of uh, uh, reflection. And this isn't a theological question, has God been with you? In other words, there's no right answer. You're not getting at marks for this. Unless, of course, you lie to yourself, in which case you will definitely have marks deducted. I'm asking you to be honest with yourself. Has the Lord been with you? Have you sensed his presence in the victories, in the breakthroughs, in the challenges? Because he wants to be and he wants to have been part of of everything that we've done, that we are. Venture Church has also seen breakthroughs and challenges. In 2023, we, we have a bit of a different face now to this time last year. God hasn't stopped speaking to us, even this morning in the words. And even now, through the preaching of the word, the Lord speaks to us. And no, this is not just another opportunity to France, for Francis to say his bit. I've sought the Lord over weeks for, for this message been thinking about it. In fact, the Lord spoke to me and gave me the scripture we're going to read just now about six weeks ago to share with us this morning. The Lord speaks and life comes when we listen to his voice and obey. More on that just now. And obey is not a, an onerous, hectic, heavy, grudge type word. 
We're only scared to obey when we fear the one who is giving us commands. Which, if we are, when we hear the Lord and we realize we need to obey, that should tell us something about our revelation of who he is. It's not sin to have a, uh, a limited revelation of who God is, but it is foolishness to see it and ignore it. I'm in James. In my, I was reading James this week as part of my personal devotions. And there's that incredible picture. In fact, there are lots of pictures in James. But one of the ones that always makes me smile a little bit wryly because I can, I can picture this man in chapter 2 looking in the mirror when he comes to shave in the morning. And he sees, flip, I grew a tumor overnight. And he shaves all around it and goes off to work and does nothing about it. And James tells us that that's what it's like when we have our quiet time and it changes our lives not a bit because the Lord is going to give us something, a golden nugget for that day from what we've read. It's going to be something that's going to keep us peaceful when everything else is falling apart around us. It's going to be something that gives us hope when we feel like despairing. It's going to be something that gives us direction when we feel like we've lost everything. God's mandate for Venture Church, our reason for existence, hasn't changed. So with this in mind, we're going to relook for the last time this year at the thing that God gave us to focus on for this year, and that's living it up. <laughs> In fact, the, the theme of looking up, from which this tagline slogan was based, permeates the Old and the New Testament. And today, I want to be sharing about living it up in the context of living it to the max. Living the best life you can be living. Because while you're alive and you're on God's side, things can only get better. Inside, if not outside. So I want us to turn to Psalm 123. I'm sure you can all recite to me Psalm 23, but with inflation the way it is, we're going to Psalm 123. It's, uh, you'll see if you've got one of those Bibles that has little um, headings. It's a song of ascents. In fact, that is, that is part of the original text. The Hebrew has some very interesting um, annotations in the Psalms about who wrote it, what kind of song it is. They even give, they, they give what we think are kind of musical instructions but they were written down when the top 40 was quite different to what it is now. And so we've lost some of the, the musical techniques that they wrote down. But a song of a sense is not a musical term. It's a classification. More on that in a second. Psalm 123. I'm going to read to you from the CSB. I lift my eyes to you, the one enthroned in heaven. 
like a servant's eyes on his master's hand, like a servant girl's eyes on her mistress' hand, so our eyes are on the Lord our God until he shows us favor. Show us favor, Lord. Show us favor. For we've had more than enough contempt. That's a very... I mean, I'm sure that the, this particular psalmist was actually a South African. We've had more than enough scorn from the arrogant and contempt from the proud. In a sense, the psalmist is being his usual cheerful self in this. So many of the psalms are sound like they're dirges more than happy, joyful songs. But notice how he starts. And in fact, if you go back and look at them all, you will see that there is this always this common theme. He is the, the, the psalmist is able to be honest because his focus is right first. And here in this enormously long psalm, he starts with, I lift my eyes to you. Who's you? Not the president, not the latest rugby team captain, not the latest soccer star, but the one enthroned in heaven. Our our focus is and always should be to heaven. That's our focus should be into God's space. Why? Because that's where the Lord is. Yes, but notice how he describes him. The Lord enthroned above our circumstances. The Lord enthroned above our circumstances. When we have breakthrough, the Lord wants to be with us. Why? Because he's enthroned above our breakthrough. When we have trials, challenges, tribulations, tempting, testing, and generally all the wheels falling off, the Lord wants us to keep our eyes focused on Him because He is enthroned above our circumstances. We, you know, if He, if he says to us, I lift up my eyes, it's because we all have a natural tendency to let our eyes drop. Look down. Why? Well, it's because we need to make sure we're not going to trip over the next uh, flea on the floor. We need to make sure that we're not going to stumble over our own foot. There's too much to see if we look up. And often we look down because life has got too much for us. And it's like, can't deal with all of that. Let's just deal with this, this. But it becomes a habit. And we get stuck there. And it is not God's intention for anybody to live stuck looking down. And so the psalmist calls us to look up. I said it was a song of ascent. Ascent meaning going up. So this was a group of psalms that were written and recorded that, the, that the, the people, the Israelites, sang, recited, talked to one another, sang in, in, uh, in chorus to one another as they were going up to Jerusalem and everywhere in Israel is down in comparison with Jerusalem. 
There's no way you can come from, well, not without a parachute drop, where you don't look up to Jerusalem. So they were going up to Jerusalem, and they sang these songs to one another. Why were they going up? Because the Lord had commanded them, not them, together. And so he said, gather together. Go up to Jerusalem and celebrate. And as they were going up, they sang these songs. They sang these songs about the situations of their life. Maybe it had been a a challenging year. They were going up to the uh, festival of first fruits, and they didn't have many first fruits that year. It had been a tough year. They would sing these songs in preparation. And so many of them have this idea of we're looking up because we're going up to Jerusalem. We're not plowing the field right now. We are looking up to the Lord enthroned above our salvation. So Jerusalem is up geographically from everywhere. God's call, God's purpose, God's plan for you, for me, for Venture Church is up from where we are now. God gives us a a breathing space when it's been, uh, either when it's been rough to catch our breath or when it's been exceptional to catch our breath. But then there's only one way from the plateau with God, and that is up. He always has more for us. So why does all this matter? It's the Father's command. It's recorded in the Scripture as the command of God. It's not just a a sentimental um, suggestion from some dude who was part of a party going up to um, going up to Jerusalem for a festival that managed to crack the number one spot on the Hebrew charts at the time. It is recorded for us in Scripture, and not just as a suggestion, but as a revelation, both of who we are, we get stuck down, and of who He is, enthroned in heaven above all of our situations and circumstances. When we've been having to push through something, our heads naturally tend to droop. The Lord is calling us to live it up to the max. How do we start that? We lift our heads. I believe that there are many of us today, and I can, this is also my testimony, so let's, let's start there. I'm not sure that I would have survived this year with a smile on my dial without the Lord having spoken to us over a year ago, because I have the privilege of being part of the eldership team, he spoke to us over a year ago and said, 2023 is going to be a year when you need to live looking up. And I remember when, when we were talking about it at the time, thinking, sure, Lord, what happens if we have a bad year? We don't have a party year. Well, it's not been much of a party year for most of us. <laughs> oh, Lord, did I blow it? What happened? Ah! I shared on that a few weeks ago. The Lord wasn't telling us it's going to be a party year. He was telling us how essential it is 
it is this year to keep our eyes up on him, to not allow ourselves to focus. We don't deny, but not to focus on the things in front of us, but to see into heaven where the Lord is enthroned above the circumstances of our lives. This thing of looking up or looking down in the, in the negative, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a picture. It's picture language, but it's also physiological. It is something that, I, that, that it's more than just a word picture. It is a physical thing. When you see the guys slogging up poly ho- shorts, poly hoards, what is wrong with me today? Poly shorts. <laughs> Might need some more praying. And you will often see heads down. Maybe that's why they call it poly shorts, because they think, sure, I'm wearing my poly shorts today. I don't know. That's terrible, isn't it? But the point is that there's usually this heads down, just next step, just the next step, just the next step. Just the... That's, I believe, not being a runner, how you get through it. One step at a time. All 91 kilometers of it. One step at a time. So there's something physiological. But, and I remember this from when I was younger and was able to run a bit, if you keep your head down, you can lose perspective. You can lose hope. You can lose that sense that there is a finish line, that I am going somewhere. I'm not just trying to survive today. When, when the Lord calls us, which he does regularly, to lift up our eyes, we lift them up. Do you know also that it's a lot easier to run? It's hard to run like this. It's much easier to run with our chest out and our heads up. That's partly why the Lord... So it's not just, a, not just a word picture as much as it is. It is also a physiological thing. The Lord calls us to be living it up to the max. Seeing him enthroned over the circumstances of our lives. So the, the, it's the Song of Ascent, Psalm 123. They were going up to a feast. So I already said, sometimes the feasts were uh, celebrations. Thank you, Lord, that I have something. Other times they were, thank you for the abundance that you, uh, you give. It's interesting that he moves on quite quickly. We haven't got to verse 2 yet. But he moves on quite quickly to talk about it's not our circumstances. When we're following the Lord faithfully, day by day, we can also lose sight of the big picture. That's why it's important, why he calls us to lift up our heads, of where, we, where and what we've been called to, to be, and what he's called us to do. We need a reminder to look up. When they got together, as they were going up to the festival, they encouraged one another. And so he moves on. If, if we were, ooh, what have I done here? If we were supposed to be looking up, who were we looking up to? Well, we were looking up to the Lord seated in heaven. Who is the Lord seated in heaven? 
the one who ascended, Jesus. Verse 2 gives us one of the more amazing, interesting pictures that the Old Testament, well, that the Scripture reveals to us of what it's like to follow hard after the Lord. We need to be watching the Lord's hand. Let me just read that that verse to you again. Verse 2. Like a servant's eye on his master's hand, like a servant girl's eye on her mistress' hand, so our eyes are on the Lord our God until he shows us favor. There's that sense of anticipation until he shows us favor. But what's all this business about looking at hands and stuff? This, This is one of the most powerful illustrations, I believe, in the Scripture of what our serving Jesus looks like day by day. A good servant is characterized by their attentiveness to the one they're serving. If you've watched any of those, uh, like Downton Abbey, if it hasn't put you to sleep within the first two seconds, I know some people love that stuff. But if you've watched any of those period dramas where there are lots of servants waiting around, and you, you just look at some of the, 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 the stuff that's so different, one of the big things is that good servants anticipated what their masters, mistresses, were wanting to do. So it's like, huh, and they're already there. This is the picture that the scripture, the psalmist is painting for us. We need to have our eyes so much on the hand of the Lord, what he is doing, that we're so in tune with him. The New Testament uses the phrase keeping in step with over and over again. We need to be so in step with him that we're there, right at the front of the right at the front of the queue, as the Lord is stepping into whatever he's doing next, whatever he's focusing on immediately. And that's the picture that the psalmist is giving us. We need to be hearing the voice of the Lord. Well, that means, at the very least, we need to be reading the Scriptures. I won't tell you how many years I've been a believer now, but it's enough to have learned just how good the Lord is and how freshly His Word comes day by day. I do remember a time when I was a more recent believer that I found it really challenging to read the Scripture. At that time, I read a really helpful, a really helpful comment, or at least it was helpful to me. And uh, it was by a guy who said, when you read the Scripture and you don't understand, don't give up. Sometimes we just have to read the Scripture, take it at its, at its value, Next time we read it, or maybe we're reading something else and we get a little bit of insight into that particular thing. But when we read the Bible, we are immersed in a different worldview. Oh, yeah. We are immersed in a different worldview when we read the Scripture. What what does that mean? We are bombarded in the media, which means our phones. It means everything we look at. 
We're bombarded by a view of God's world that does not reflect the Lord. Doesn't, doesn't bow the knee to Him at all. We're bombarded, whether we, whether we like it or not. It happens. It's unavoidable. How do we readjust, reposition? How do we change our attitudes? Not by an act of will, but by immersing ourselves in a different worldview. And where do we do that? Do that in the Scripture. So sometimes we don't have to understand every detail of what we read, simply because we are being immersed in this different worldview. And in, in that worldview, we're able to see the hands of the Lord. When we're looking to the, the latest 27,000 TikToks, it's very hard to focus on anything. But if our focus is on the hand of the Lord, what He has put His hand to, then we are able to respond to Him, even if we're not understanding exactly what it is that He's doing. If you're battling with this language of servants and masters, the Scripture does use it a number of times, but if you've had this revelation, as many of us have had this year, of the fact that we are children of God, I'd just like to share this thought with you. Children in the ancient world were expected to work as part of the households, unless the household was huge and they simply did not need any servants. But it's a practical thing. Parents wanted their kids to know what it was like to be the servants that they would one day lead. Just think about that. The child was never confused. Oh, am I a, a slave or a child? No, oh, I'm a child. But this is my responsibility right now. The Lord wants us especially those of us who have the privilege of, of leading, to have deep empathy for those that we have the privilege of leading. And everybody's leading someone, even if it's only yourself. We need to have that understanding. The children who were serving sometimes at the table, they weren't confused about being children. They knew. They aspired. They longed for that day when they would come into the fullness of being everything that they had been born or born again to be. Notice how the psalmist moves on. He's, he, he's talked about, he's used this amazing picture, but he's already given us a, a hint. Oh God, I need some favor from you. I'm keeping my eyes up. I'm watching your hand, Lord, to see what it is that you're doing. And I'm doing that faithfully. I'm going to keep on doing it. But Lord, I need some favor. I need to see more breakthrough than I have right now. We serve faithfully with our eyes on the Master. And in His perfect time, He will grant us his favor. If our preoccupation, our focus is on getting the Lord's favor rather than serving him on his time, how 
surprising, strange, weird it feels that that time never comes. He tells us, your eyes need to be on me. Trust me. Trust me. Be honest, like the psalmist, but I will bring the breakthrough. You serve me, and I will make sure you live it up to the max. If you focus on living it up to the max and not on serving Jesus, you will get the opposite of what you're hoping for. There is a kind of uh, spiritual entitlement. Entitlement is one of the greatest, um, I don't know what to call it. It's like a disease in the world today. I have the right. Well, we do have rights as Christians. So did Jesus. He had the right not to be tortured. He had the right not to be executed. He laid down his rights. Why? Certainly not for the fun of it. Because he was able to look past the present circumstances and see the fruit of what his obedience would bring about. It's amazing how the Lord uses you and I to fulfill other people's prayers. Not, not the only way. But if I'm too entitled to be doing what the Lord has called me to do, somebody else is missing out on God's breakthrough the way he purposed and planned and intended it. And we're missing out on the opportunity of being part of that. It is such a joy when people we know see breakthrough. We feel like it's partly our breakthrough as well. Don't you? I certainly do. If we focus on getting ourselves right at the expense of serving Jesus first, it undermines God's timing and his ability to bring through what he planned when he planned it. Questioning God's timing isn't sin. <laughs> I mean, that's what the psalmist is doing. It's not sin in itself. What is sin is being preoccupied with telling God what he must do when he must do it. Rather than keeping our eye on his hand, seeing what he is about, and committing our ways to him, our joys and breakthroughs and our challenges and all that we need to see broken through. I mentioned already reading the scripture, but we have a wonderful uh, legacy in our public meetings. Legacy, sure that sounds very grandiose. We have a wonderful part of our Sunday morning meetings where their prophetic words are brought. I'd like to encourage you the prophetic word is not just for Sunday mornings. And it's not just for the elite few. If you speak to the elite few who have the courage to come forward, <laughs> you'll find out that they may be few, but they're not elite. They battle with the same insecurity. Did I hear the Lord? How do we gain confidence in hearing the voice of the Lord? By listening and obeying. And it doesn't mean we will get it right 
100% of the time. But just like in so many other areas of life, we learn what is right by recognizing when we blow it, when we miss it. So I I really want to encourage you. If you've had, while you were maybe, and for me it often happens this way, you're reading your Bible, and suddenly you think, sure, I think Petrus needs a, a, a quick WhatsApp. So stop, send a WhatsApp, and just say, hey, I was thinking of you, prayed for you, just wanted to encourage you. If you've done that, hearing, that's hearing and obeying the voice of the Lord. That's, there's, there's a prophetic dimension to that. Why did that person jump into your mind? Well, I don't know, may, there might be some logical connection, but more than usual, it's because the Spirit, who is Lord, is prompting us. And it is amazing how important those little words of encouragement are. And it is astonishing how often they are just in time. Because the Lord's timing is perfect. When we are faithful in keeping our focus on Him, He is able to provide for all our needs. So the Lord's been calling us to live looking up to Him, just like this psalmist of old. And when we do, we are truly living to the max. The irony is that living to the max doesn't look like smoking wheels and, I don't know, fire coming out of exhaust pipes. It's usually a lot more quiet, humble even. But the faithfulness of God expressed in our faithfulness in the small things enables us and prepares us for the big things. God still has big things for Venture Church. Why aren't we big now then? Because he's calling us to be faithful to him. (laughs) The bigness, the smallness, the greatness of what he does amongst us, that's not up to you and me. It's not even up to the elders. Our responsibility is to love him with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds, with all of our understandings, to grow in our knowledge of him, to be faithful, to hear his voice, to obey when he's giving us direction, to embrace the worldview that we find in the scripture over and above the worldview that we are inundated with and just overwhelmed with, most of us, in our day-to-day lives. So without this vision focus that God gave us for this year, I, for one, would not have found it easy, if even possible, to finish this year being able to live looking up and therefore living to the max. I'd like you to think about that, not just now, but um, in, in the next little while, because God hasn't finished with us yet. Over the last few years, he's given us a whole lot of uh, vision. I like to call them vision, but that may be misleading. Uh, Annual focuses, goals, and they've been wrapped up in various taglines. They remain as true today, those things, as they were in those years. We were called to more a couple of years ago. That was the vision tagline. Did the year ended. Did, 
do we stop being called to more? I really hope. No, I know he, we are still called to more. <laughs> because he calls us to the more. He is more. There is always, and so we can. So he is telling us, just like the author of Hebrews, in Hebrews 3.13, to encourage one another daily while it's called today. I love that. There's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek there. What about, okay, so when must I encourage? Well, just today. What about tomorrow? Well, when you get to tomorrow, then I'll answer you. Encourage one. We can't do this on our own. This is not a solo sport. This is a team effort. So what? What have we seen in Psalm 123? First of all, the psalmist started by encouraging himself to look up and get his eyes on the Lord. And then he explains why. Because of God's vantage point. He is able to see the stuff that we're not. Then he explains how we all need to be keeping our eyes on the Lord. And, and the, what way? In the kind of way where every small nuance, every tiny little thing that the Lord's hand moves towards, do we see and we respond to? The Lord has been calling us to live it up this year in exactly the same sense that the psalmist is talking about. Reminding us to persevere and continue doing good, whether we feel like it or not, in listening to his voice attentively. And, and, and the two biggest ways we hear are in the scripture and in what I like to call the prophetic voice of God, which includes what we hear Sunday mornings, but also those promptings of the Lord in your quiet time and sometimes even very unexpected moments. Balaam had a donkey prophesy to him. Have you had a donkey prophesy to you recently? It's usually because you're not listening to more conventional means. <laughs> not for today. He's calling us, the psalmist says, to be seeing what he's doing and getting on board with it. Can I ask you to stand? <clears throat> Jesus loves you. And as we stand, I'd really like us to just take a couple of moments to allow that truth to re-impact who we are. We will be insecure. We will start feeling like abused servants or slaves. But the child who is serving the family is not confused about their identity. If you need to, close your eyes. But I just encourage you, Jesus loves you. Let him speak that word to you again now. Let him reaffirm that in you. And as you sense his presence, hear his voice. Prayerfully reaffirm yourself to him, to him, his plans, his purposes, to being faithful in serving him. Not how you have in the past, but serving him now, here, today.
with every fiber of your being. Lord, as I'm feeling this beautiful cool breeze, I thank you that you are at work in each one of our hearts and minds. Thank you for your, for your word that tells us that you love us. Thank you for that reaffirmation, and we do. We recommit ourselves to you out of love, not out of duty, not because it's the right thing to do, but because you love us. And you are worthy of all our service. Thank you for your purposes and plans. You've only got a plan A for our lives. Sometimes, Lord, we feel like we have, we've been very effective and worked really hard at trying to ruin your plans for us. But you are the Lord, and you managed to overcome and redeem the perfect plan for our lives. And Lord, I for one just want to say thank you. Thank you that while I can still call it today, your purpose and plan is on track for me. I had a sense that the Lord also wanted to touch people who needed physical healing. So if that's you, I would love to pray for you. Don't you want to either stick your hand up if you can't move or step, come forward so, so that I can pray for you? Thank you for listening to this sermon. We would love to know how this message spoke to you. Please connect with us through our website www.venturechurch.co.za or through our various social channels.